0: And though half of them are missing, you never know it. That's right. They just keep right on keeping on. Come That's on. Right. Man. Yeah. The, the lesson was prepared for you. This was going to go first, uh, but I just made a change. So we're going to start last and then come back first, all right, if we have time. One of the things that always bothers me about people, you either in or you out. You know what I'm saying? You get on one side or the other, right? And, and there's too much uh, uh, of this going on now in churches as well. Liz, because if you notice now, relationships are falling apart more so now than they ever have fallen apart. The divorce rate is at its all-time high, all right? You see, because nobody's committed and dedicated to anything, you see? And so it's like a marriage when you get into a marriage, all you know, y'all's been divorced. Don't get getting all upset, right? You didn't know this till today, all right? And, and so, you know, people get mad. You talk about something they don't like, and they don't want to come to church and all that crazy stuff. So here's what we're talking about: if, if, uh, when you go into a marriage and you get married, and, uh, and the death do us part, you remember for better or worse, and sickness and health, and at that particular time, it sounds easy. Yeah, it, it sounds easy, and then you know you go through that honeymoon phase. You know some of y'all been through that. Y'all know what it's like. You see, and uh, uh, there's an old saying. I came here to help me because I ain't gonna like this. All right. Yeah, you see, she always helps me. And there's an old saying: you got to do what you started in a relationship to keep the relationship. Wrong. It takes more in that marriage than what you was doing when you were dating. Somebody say amen to that. It it takes a whole lot more in that. So if you think that it's just enough to go through somebody you're living with every day like you was when you dating, wrong. So when you make that commitment and that dedication that you're going to do death to us part, rich or poor, and sickness and health. See, it, it, you can't see sickness. You can't see, you can't see those things, right? But you've made that commitment, and you should live up to that commitment. Now, Jesus Christ called himself the groom, isn't that right? And he calls us the bride, isn't that right? That's right. And so that's a relationship, isn't that right? That's a marriage, isn't that right? And, and it's, you know, it's a shame that he won't divorce you, but you will divorce him. You see what I'm talking about? And some of you know that when you were first dating him, you couldn't wait to get to church. Bible study in Sunday school. I'll huh? read your Bible. Remember those? You was on fire for the Lord. You was even talking about the Lord on your job. Calling up your kin people who, would, who didn't want to answer the phone because they knew you was going to talk about Jesus. <laughs> right? Because you, had, you was on fire for him. You, you all with me? And, and it sounds easy, seek the kingdom of heaven first and then all that other stuff second. It sounds easy. It's just like it's, it's easy to look at him or her and, and, and be madly in love with them, Isn't that right? Until then stuff starts happening. Life happens. Can I say it, Logan? Marriage happens. Right? That's right. And things begin to get a little shaky. And if you're not careful, the next thing you are is having some kind of difficulty with it and you standing in in front of a judge. And all of those commitment and everything you said that you was gonna do with your partner, you have forgot all those things because the fire went out. And when the fire goes out, love goes out. And it's a difficult thing in any kind of relationship to keep the fire burning not only a marriage and friendships isn't that right you see it is difficult you have to do some of some of us came from the old school uh, uh i talked to jason we from the old school when see we had them wooden stoves see and and you had to, and see somebody had to get up in the middle of the night yeah and put some something on about all that and put and put some wood in the stove to keep it burning to morning time right or we have what we call coal stoves and you had to keep that and you get that poker in there and you do put because you had to keep it because you don't want it to get so low that you have to start the fire all over again because then you got to go outside and get what we used to call kindling and start that fire all over again. Right. Well, see, it's the same thing in a relationship. It's hard, once that fire goes out, it is hard to get that thing going back again. Isn't that right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You remember last week, we, the message was guard your heart. Because right. it, remember I talked about, because this is, everybody falls in love around Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, folks who call you, they ain't called you in a long time. Folks, be, yeah, yeah, they, yeah they, they, it's romance time, you know. you be hearing all those songs, the Christmas songs. Folks that didn't, wouldn't even open the door for you in January will open the door for you around Christmas time. You see, and so we have to understand that because it don't last very long. I'm asking you today, we're using it as a marriage because you remember the Bible says, the Bible says that Jesus is the groom and we're the bride. We're the church. And, and and I'm gonna ask you, are you you got to ask yourself, are you still in love with Jesus Christ as you was when the fire was really burnt? How how much fire is burning in your relationship with Christ? You need to ask yourself that, you see, you see. And I can see that in, in, in churches, period, not just here in churches, period. You can't get people to come to Bible studies to Sunday school or even church anymore. And folks is going from one place to another place to this, that they're trying to find the fire. But the fire, you won't find a fire in the building, the fire. See, People say they go in the church. No, I'm taking the church to Christ temple north. Yeah, You see what I'm saying? I'm the church. Y'all the church. Right. And so if the church is cold, it's because the congregation is cold. But if the congregation is on fire and still has that love for Christ, then it will be warm in it. Just like any relationship. You can be married forever and ever. And if you keep the fire burning. Now, some of us have been married a long time. I think I've been married 48 years. I've been married 48 years. and I ain't going to tell you that the flame didn't get dim. But I can tell you that the flame didn't go out. Come on. Come on. So when the flame got dim, there was, you had to, I could put something else on it. Or, or Gwen could put something else on it and get it get back burning to the level that it should be burning. right? So don't go in there thinking that it's going to be on high all the time. Because if you think it's going to be on high all the time, that's a lie. Yeah. Uh, I'm just telling you, you got to keep it burning. All right. Right. And in my relationship with Christ uh, has been some dim times, but the flame didn't go all the way out because I'm still here. But there's been some dim times in my life. Yes, it has. And been through some circumstances and some situations that lower the flame because of my lack of faith. And and it was on me. It wasn't on God because he's always been there. But, you know, and his he. But see, let me tell you what happens is uh, uh, if you have enough within your spirit, say that enough within my spirit then you can flame, you can fan the flame, and it'll start back up again. That's right. You just can't let it go out. All right? So I'm, I'm going to want you to get in and not think there's not going to be some difficult. There's going to be difficult times in any relationship. Now, some of these people will tell you, I've never had a problem with God. I've told you I've had a problem with God. Right. I got a problem with this Bible. He don't care. Right. But I would have written some things a little different than he wrote them. Y- you see what I'm saying? You see, and and so sometimes I read it, it, and I'm like, God, why'd you put that in there? I don't like that. And he says, I I don't really care what you like, uh, and you're not that important as you think you are to think that you could influence me of what is written in the gospel. I'm the only one? Yes, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Really? Huh? Huh? Come on here. Pray for your enemies. Really? You know, you know what I'm saying? Now, folks will be sitting there and now, you get what I'm talking about. Now, that's a difficult thing for me all the time. Now, some of you in here can say amen to that because you, you know, you love your enemies and you pray for your enemies all the time. You don't have no problem with folks. But then there's some of us. I'm going to heaven, OK, and I'm saved and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. But some of us have to fan that thing. You see, because uh, that's a little much for some of us. So I, well, the, in the book of Revelations, he's talking about a church. He's talking about the people in the church. You see, sometimes in the church, folks, and we have a wonderful church here. And good, I love this church. And, but there's some things in here that we need to. I'm, I'm watching some people in here, and, and I've been where you at. And so uh, uh, I, I understand where you at. One of the worst things to do is when you have some kind of symptoms, not go to the doctor and figure it out before it gets too bad. Come on, let's just do it because we're talking about a marriage here—the you know, the groom and the bride to church, right? Sometimes you need to go and get some counseling. I don't have my Bible here. Sometimes, you know, uh, I need some counseling and I had to go get the Bible and open up this Bible and get some spiritual counseling because my relationship with God is not where it should be. And so I need some direction. And so I need a greater understanding because I don't know. Sometimes I I use my senses and and my reasoning. Well, you know, reasoning and faith can't walk together. Y'all know reasoning and faith can't walk together. Yeah, see, you see, when you have reasoning, is a because of thing. Faith is an in spite of thing. It's like love, right? And see, reasoning can't understand why things happening. Faith doesn't care; it just happens, right? You see, it's just like some of you all that you can't reason. Reasoning uh, is telling you you can't reason to be living like you living. I'm talking about good. That you ever looked up and say, "How in the world did God bless me to be blessed so blessed?" Right? It makes no sense. But faith says because you had faith in Christ, God is blessing you because of your faith. You can't reason that out. All right? And, and, and there are some people can love you and that you don't love them, and you wonder why they love you because you're trying to figure it out and reason that. Right? But they have faith in God, and they love you in spite of who you are. All right? So here's this church, and, 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 and uh, I want you all to get it because we want to be a church that, that is a powerful, powerful church that loves God, and you can't love God and not love people. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's right. You can't love him and not love people. He's colorblind. You know that, right? He don't care about your zip code. You do know that, right? He don't care who your mama was, your daddy was. He ain't into all that. Isn't that right? And so uh, we want to know and take it to your relationship. Let's do it two kinds of ways here. Some of you are in relationships in here, right? Well, let me tell you, one of the things that a lot of people don't understand, if you can't handle a relationship in the physical, you most likely you're going to struggle in the spiritual. Come on. You see, do you understand? I, I told you all years ago, I was doing a Bible study on uh, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven. And after it was over, one of the young men that was in the Bible study uh, came to me and said, when you said our Father, it turned me off. I said, why? He said, because I hate my Father. All right. And so he couldn't process God being a heavenly father and the goodness of the Lord because of what he had as a father. Many people in the street today that don't come into church because of that same thing. Does that make sense? And so what I don't want to do in here, I want to prepare us in here to be able to put all of that stuff aside us. That's back. Some of you dealing with some issues. I know that. Put all of that away so the fire can burn because hate Anger, malice, guilt, shame will dim the fire. All right, here we go.
1: I'm going to be reading from Revelation chapter 3, beginning with verse 14. And it states that to the angel of the church in Laodicea.
0: Now, here's what the problem is with this here. And I, when you read that, when he says to the angel of the church, people think he's talking to an angel. No, he's talking to the pastor. He's talking to the pastor of Christ Temple North. You know, the one thing that's good about being a pastor is you get to teach people. The thing bad about it, if he was upset, he'd walk past all of y'all and say, where's Johnny at? That's right. Yeah, yeah, he's going to come up and get the man. He's going to come get me, all right? Because it starts with the leader. Amen? Amen. It starts with the leader in the church, right? You you with me? It starts with the leader in the house that's your church. See, some of you still live in a, in a house. You want to? It, here's how it's supposed to go: house, home, sanctuary. Amen. That's where you live at. Okay. All right. Stay in the house.
1: Stay in the house. All
0: right. Keep reading.
1: These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness. The ruler of God's creation.
0: So this is this is talking about Jesus Christ, and these are these are the these he's witnessing here, and he's writing some things out here that we need to understand, get a better understanding of. The one thing that's hurting us is we got to know who Jesus is. He knows who you are, but do you know who he is? And this is who he is. He's the ruler of God's creation. Okay.
1: He says, "I know your deeds." That you're neither cold nor hot
0: whoa he says I know your deeds you are neither cold or hot now come on here y'all can you, you, have you ever been in a relationship where you got to that hmm. oh none of y'all the first time y'all ain't never been married you only dated one person ever you married that person and you're still with him okay so let's start all over again have you ever been in one of these relationships where it went it was it was warm and then got cold yes. and, it, and it got lukewarm You know, everything that involves them, married folks now, because don't be going out here going crazy on me. You you can be in a a marriage, you can go in a marriage, and when that marriage gets lukewarm, then folks just start faking the stuff. Mm -hmm. You you get lukewarm kisses, lukewarm hugs. Things ain't like they used to be. Well, this is what happened to this relationship with this church in God. He said, I know you. He said, I know your works. Huh? But he says, you need the heart of code. You see, and, and, and he said, in other words, you need to get on one side or the other. You see, see, it's kind of like a marriage. I can use marriage with this because we're in a marriage with Christ, right? It's right. kind of marriage. Well, I'm making money and I'm doing the uh, and making the, what they call it, ends meet. Y'all know folks know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm making ends meets. Well, that's all you're doing. It's making ends meet, but your relationship has done got cold. And he said, you're neither hot or cold. And the worst thing is, what?
1: See, he says, so because you are lukewarm.
0: And ain't nothing worse than a lukewarm person. There ain't nothing worse than a lukewarm relationship. You either love me or you don't love me. We either in this or we ain't in this. This don't go lukewarm on me, all right? Tell me what you want. Tell me how it is. Then I'll know how to handle it, all right? And the lukewarm is what?
1: Of a person, attitude, or action. The,
0: uh, yeah, those uh, lukewarm actions. I used, uh, there used to be a time when, when your heart would beat. you get excited to see each other. You know, remember that? <laughs> right, right? And you get excited to see each other. And now, hi. Yeah. Come over here. Oh, you home? <laughs> That's a lukewarm relationship. Come, on. Come out here. You see, it's like you said, God, well, I got to go to church. It's Sunday. I don't want to miss. I don't see what pastor say. <laughs> Doesn't got lukewarm. Uh, and, and when you get lukewarm, your actions are that. Because some of y'all saying they be doing praise and worship. You're lukewarm, all right. You love me still, all right.
1: Lukewarm is also unenthusiastic, half hearted.
0: Nothing about hi, good to see you. Give a kiss, remember that? This is good to see you. What are we going to do tonight? Let's have a date night. Well, got sorry, right? (laughs) (laughs) Quick, yeah, let's do something, right? yeah, when you love God, you want to open up the book. You want to read your Bible. You want to study. You want to meditate, right? You're getting excited. I, I can't wait to get to church and praise and worship God because praising and worshiping God is the only thing you've got to give him. I'm giving you a lesson. The only thing you're giving him is what you, what, you, what you do when you praise and worship. And for I tell you, the most important part of the church is praise and worship for the people in the pews. Because that's all you give God. God's gift to you is to hear the message. Come on. All right? And he wants you to do it with, with get up the folks are scared to raise their hands. You see, and it bothers me sometimes because I know some of y'all used to go to the club and some probably still go to the club. And still go to the club. And you ain't shame. Come on, brother Nathan. Ain't shame to look like a fool out there in front of all them folk. But come to church. And too embarrassed to do this and God has been good to you well. and you know he's been good to you and you scared to praise him because you got a lukewarm spirit you can't have a spirit that's on fire for the Lord and not raise your hand on some of the things they've been saying up in here all right
1: lukewarm is also noncommittal and couldn't care less could care
0: less this Sunday what is Well, is the Lord's day. No, it's your day. The Lord don't need a day. huh? He's got eternity. Come on here. All right, keep reading for me. Am I doing all right? Uh-huh. So the
1: Bible says that because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth.
0: Ooh. Jesus says, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. He's talking about a church. Yes, he's talking about a church. He says, I'm sick of you. I'm about ready to spit you out of my mouth. And that's not a good thing. And we don't want to be that church. All right, here we go. Keep going, please.
1: You say I am rich. Hmm. I've acquired wealth and what? do not need a thing. You see,
0: sometimes people get caught up into, into the financial status of the church. How big the church is and how many members the church has and what their finance is. What they took up their offering was this well, week. You see, that's why we don't, want, we don't take up an offering in here, because we don't want anybody to get all big, you know, right? Here's my check. See, it takes a lot of faith to go back here when that box is just sitting there, don't it? Because we ain't getting in that. I don't know who pays tithes in here and doesn't pay tithes. Because, you know, sometimes a pastor see who pays tithes and who's not, and they like you more. Well. And so I don't know anything about that stuff in here, right? Because you, you understand what I'm saying? Because we don't want to be that. And I don't want to be that type of pastor. I want to be a type of pastor that loves you in spite of, of yourself. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Keep going.
1: Again, the Bible says you say I am rich. I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. Hmm. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor
0: blind and naked. this is the scripture saying this and we can all recognize this because how many people that have committed suicide that are superstars were they be uh, actors or were they superstars uh, singers and all of this to commit suicide and we look at those people and we think because they got money they rich hmm. and, and and how many yeah they're on all kinds of drugs and stuff to try to stay alive? but yes what he's saying is they got stuff but they wretched and pitiful and poor and blind and naked in their spirit. Got all that stuff and nothing else. Got the big house, right? Got the cars and got the bank accounts. Got plenty of stuff. But got more hell going on in that stuff. That's right. That's right. Right, right. Abusing that wife in that big house with all that stuff, our husband, our children, on all those drugs to try to make it through the day Got all, because of the stuff. You're poor he's talking about spiritually. We need to take a look at ourselves and see where we are spiritually Are you wretched? Are you pitiful? Are you poor? Are you blind or you're naked in your spirit? Because well. you can have stuff and you can hide your from people with a lot of stuff But not yourself and not God because when you look in that mirror and see who you really are and how you living, that stuff Won't blind it. That's right. You see there's two people who know the truth. You know the truth and God knows the truth yeah, cause stuff don't make you happy. All right.
1: In verse fifteen and seventeen from the message, it says that I know you inside and out, and find little to my liking.
0: He says he's talking to the church again, cause I want to make sure we get this one. He's telling the church, I know you inside and out, but I don't find I find a little bit about your liking, cause you can be saved, and that's all you are. All right.
1: You're not cold. You're not hot. Far better to be either cold or hot.
0: Uh, wouldn't you like if somebody just tell, tell what side you want? Come on. God is saying be on one side or the other. He, I'm telling you, he said, I'd rather you to be cold or hot, just don't be in the middle. You see, you either love me or you don't love me. It's either over or we're gonna work on it. Come on. But let's don't do it. We're gonna put our energy in our relationship or we're gonna walk away from it. Now I ain't talking about y'all getting no divorces now. I'm just talking about the church, all right? God is telling you to be on one side or the other, be either hot or cold. But don't be in the middle. You see? And you know what happens when you're in the middle? The folk on your job figure you out. That's right. Because Satan knows what you are. All right, here we go.
1: He says, you're stale. You're stagnant. Mm. You make me want to vomit. This
0: is the word. Said you make me want to vomit. You're stale, you're stagnant. You make me sick. Mm-hmm. He's talking to a church. All right?
1: You brag I'm rich, I've got it made.
0: Yeah, and here we go again because we have a new thing about how much we have. I'm rich, I have this that. And you know when people tell you how much they have, they usually have nothing else but that. Well. Right?
1: He says I need nothing from anyone. Obvious that in fact, you're pitiful. Blind, beggar, threadbare, and homeless.
0: Whoa. He's talking to a church. We don't want to be that church. If we don't want to be that church, we can't be those kind of people. All right? All right, here we go.
1: I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich. He said
0: sometimes you need the Holy Ghost fire to kind of burn some stuff off of your life so you can come rich. Uh Uh-huh.
1: And white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness. It's called
0: salvation. God said, let me me work on you a little bit. Let me fix you a little bit. Uh
1: Salve to put on your eyes so you can see.
0: It's the only time it's used in the Bible. It's called eye salve. It's the only one time it's used in the Bible. This is your spiritual eye here. He's saying you need to anoint your eyes so you can see clearly. Remember that song, I can see clearly now the rain is gone? Sometimes we get gets a little foggy, doesn't it? And you have to ask God to anoint my eyes that I can see clear. You see, have you ever looked and thought you saw clear and found out that you was looking looking foggy? Well, whether it be about yourself or somebody else, so you need to ask God. When I look in that mirror, God anoint my eyes and let me see the truth. All right. Scripture
1: says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline.
0: Now, one thing about God, if he loves you, he's going to discipline you now. He's going to rebuke and discipline you. And it's for your better. I don't, now this is me, don't go all crazy, all right? You see, uh, I was raised, you all know, I'm 72 years old, okay? So I was raised where you got discipline.
1: Come on. Come on.
0: You see? You see? That's right. And, uh... You see, and uh, there was no
1: 911.
0: Yeah, my parents didn't, didn't, and so we didn't have a lot of problems. And I raised my children. I only had to get them once, but they they knew I'd get them again. So we didn't have that at one time. And it saved their life. Okay, it saved their life when. we got, Gwen and I got married. She had a son, Michael. Some of you know Michael. And uh, I gave, I told her before how I do discipline and what I believed in. So you need to think about that. Because a lot of folk get married and get all in love and then they figure, no, nah, I don't like that. And so and then I talked to his father and I done it this way. said, if you, want to, you don't pay child support in my house, you can put some money up for him because if I marry Gwen, uh, that becomes my son uh, oh yeah that's what i've done and so but he uh got a little smart when he got about 17. he didn't have any problem with me but he had a problem with his mama and see in my household you can't have a problem with mama because then you have to deal with me Mom. and i don't want to deal with you because i'm busy doing other stuff so i'm really upset and so uh, he didn't like it when I got on him about how he was dealing with his mother. So he left 17, started with his friends and he uh, left his mama and left me, got in a little trouble, went to Atlanta and because he didn't want anybody to tell him what to do. Then he went up to Lansing, Michigan, got in some trouble. We won't talk about the trouble. He got in. He was with some people that had done something. He didn't do it, he got uh, 25 to 50 years, done 22, uh, you see, and uh, he said every night, he would think about, he always called me Pops, what Pops had taught him. And he prayed, this is his words, that his mother would never think that she'd done anything wrong because he, he, he was raised right, he made the wrong choice. Do you understand? So you can't be a good parent and not discipline your children.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: And God can't be a good parent and not discipline us. Cuz sometimes, you know, I get into the into the little ass. There's the Holy Spirit, the big ass, and then there's Johnny. And so when I get in Johnny, he disciplines me and it saves my life. To this day, sometimes I get in Johnny. Y'all think just because I stand up here on Sunday morning, I walk on water? If I could walk on water, they wouldn't need steps. That's right. Yeah, so he disciplines Johnny. And God sometimes puts us in a situation, listen to me, he's putting you in a situation that you need to be in because the outcome is going to be a better thing for you than the direction you're going. Amen? All right, keep going.
1: So because of that rebuking and discipline, he says, be earnest and repent.
0: You've got to be honest and repent. That's just you and him. Sometimes you just got to be honest. Lord, it's me. It's me. All right? Where am I at?
1: He says in verse 20, here I I am. I stand at the door and knock.
0: This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus said, here I am. You ain't got to look for him. He said, here I am. He said, I'm standing at the door and knocking. He's talking about your heart. All right?
1: If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me.
0: God says, I want to come and have dinner with you. I want to sit and have wife counsel. He says, I'm knocking at the door. Why don't you let me in? You need to ask yourself that. If God would come, he's knocking on the door, keep him outside. Or you're letting him in he wants to come into your life That's right. He wants to talk with you he wants to communicate with you he wants a relationship with you he wants a f- hot fiery relationship with you why don't you let him in he's not gonna force his way in he wants you to let him in all right
1: he says that to the one who is victorious I will give the right to sit with me on my throne he
0: says and i love this you know i'm all about victories he says to the one that's victorious i'm gonna give you the right to sit with me on my throne we want to be a victorious people in here this is temporary folks but we want to be a victorious people in here i want to sit by him one day at his throne he's inviting us to do that but you got to live the life. you got to live the life. Can't be lukewarm. Can't be cold. you got to be on fire for him. All right?
1: Just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. I
0: love this. I love this. He's saying, just as I, Jesus says, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Go ahead.
1: Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says.
0: He says, whoever has the ears, let them hear what the Spirit says. Do you have a spiritual ear this morning? Jesus wants to get in your life, open up your heart, and open up your spirit. Let him come in. There's a place he wants you to set. There's a place he wants you to set. He wants you to set with him. He wants you to talk with him. Would you let him in? This is what it's all about this morning. Is there a place in your life for Christ to set? Do you feel that you would love to set with him? Talk with him. It ain't, isn't this something that we give more interest on a football game than we will on where we're going to end up After this, life is over. You know, somebody called me up uh, a couple years ago. The Green Bay Packers had lost the game. That's when the Chiefs beat the Green Bay Packers. And the Green Bay Packers was going on an undefeated season, I think. And the Chiefs beat them. They thought I'd be upset. Why would I be upset with a bunch of guys that are going to be millionaires Monday morning? Whether they win or lose a football game. You say, no, what I'd be upset about is if God would call me and there wouldn't be no place for me to sit. That would upset me. You see what I'm talking about? I'm asking you today, and I'm sincere about what I'm talking about. You got room to sit in your life. Well. Does God have a seat? Do you have a seat for him? Look at me. If you have a seat for him, guess what? Then he has one for you. Say amen, amen, amen to that. Let's go to conquer, conquer, yeah.
1: In the message, it states that the people I love I call to account, prod and correct and guide so that they'll live at their best.
0: God wants us to live how? At our best. God wants us to live how?
1: At our best.
0: God wants you to live how?
1: At my best.
0: That's That's what he wants. He wants to give you life and life more abundantly. Satan comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. God wants you to live at the best, and he's given you the best, but guess, Satan wants to steal it. But not today, right? Say, not ever. Not ever. All right?
1: He says, up on your feet then, about face, run after God. Say,
0: get up and run for Jesus. Run after God. Been chasing everything else and ain't got it. Well. I said that, and I should never say that, right? Yeah, all right, run after God, all right? You know when you catch him, he gives you everything else you thought you wanted. On. And then, ha- then half of that stuff you feel, you figured out you didn't need. You, you said, I got enough. I got enough, all right?
1: Look at me, I stand at the door, I knock. If you hear me call and open the door, I'll come right in, sit down to supper with you.
0: He said he wants to come in. He says, "Come in." So when you get him, sometimes you got to get by yourself, and just get by yourself. And say, Lord, I want you to come into my heart.
1: Come on, come in.
0: Sit with me. Give him some time. All right.
1: Conquerors will sit alongside me at the head. And he table. says,
0: "Conquerors are sit there, and that's what we are. We are conquerors, conquerors, right? Mm-hmm. And that is who."
1: One who gains victory.
0: We are victory people. We are conquerors in Christ. We are victory people. you know why some people will never make it? You got a past. I ain't got no past. Put all that behind me. He put it behind him. I'm putting it behind me. See, I didn't conquer. I'm a conqueror now. I'm past all that stuff now. I'm victorious now. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right.
1: Conqueror is also a winner or a champion
0: you want to be a champion should be a champion for Christ God wants you to be a champion he doesn't care. there's I love the stories of people especially athletes They always profile them What they went through and some of them went through they came out of inner city tough inner city places some came out of abusive Relationships they go through all of this stuff, but they be they able to stand up for America You know in the Olympics when they do the profile and they become what conquers. No matter what you've been through, where you've been through, you can be a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Can you understand what I'm talking about? You can be a conqueror over your addiction. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You can be a conqueror over your past. Yeah, you can. Because once you become a conqueror over your past, then you don't have a past. All you have is the newness in Christ, and you walk in the newness of Christ. That's what he wants. You see? You are victorious. Let me tell you what victorious is. I don't care what you've been through in your life. What you've done in your life, once you give Jesus Christ and take him as your personal Lord and Savior and repent of your sins and ask him to be the head of your life, you become a conqueror over your past and you'll be a conqueror over your future. And that's what he wants us to be. You become a champion. And this is what we are in here. We are champions for Christ. Isn't that right? We want to be champions for Christ. Isn't that right? I can do do all things things. through Christ, Christ, which strengthens me. I can, do I can do all things through, things through, Christ, through Christ which strengthens me. strengthens me. Louder. I can do, I can do all, things all things through Christ, through Christ which strengthens me. strengthens me. I walk as Christ. I, I Christ. talk as Christ. I, I Christ. think as Christ. I, think I have the Spirit of Christ within me. The Christ within Therefore, me. Therefore, I live a victorious life in Jesus name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give God a hand clap. I